patient during that very long break. I know, I think it was long. Girlfriend thinks it's all oh, my breaks are too short, but we're all moved in. Everything's looking and coming together nicely. Got a lot of boxes around me, um, but we're we're steadily unpacking. So here we are, third season. Uh, do want to again give a very very big thank you to Charis for being a part of the Record Spinner podcast. All of the guests, honestly, from season two, none of which I initially envisioned having on the podcast, but they all they all kind of fit well. So and and they all were very integral in making season two a success. So shout outs to everyone. Ruby Goldsmoke, uh, Jonathan, G, Charvis. Great bunch of people to have on a single season. So. This season is going to be way more informal because I don't have my makeshift studio, uh, which is in the closet. Our our layout for this apartment is a little different, a little, little tighter in spaces, but a lot freer in spaces. And so tonight I come to you from the, the dining room, essentially, of the the apartment and it's a nice view. And, uh, and so one of the things I think I might look into actually is, um, going to a studio. I know that there's a few podcast studios in the city and, um, my only reservation with that though, is really paying first of all, to use a space. Uh, the equipment is way more, um, dare I say advanced than my pod track P4 and my laptop computer. Um, and it's just like, it's just a different space, you know, for me, spacing is very, very important. One of the, one of the main reasons why I started this podcast is the comfort of my home and the comfort of, and the ease, I guess, of having people on the show, um, via Zoom and Skype and all that other stuff, phone and stuff. So I want to make, I want to make use of that stuff. I want to keep that a part of the show, but you know. If I do find a good rate or a good place or whatever, you know, I'll definitely, I'll definitely think about moving the podcast. One thing that probably will never happen though, is I will probably never have a visual podcast. And there's a few reasons for that, mostly around my old school way of thinking, right? So one, when podcasts first started, they were all audio and that's just kind of how I know it. That's kind of how I'm comfortable with it. I thought it was a cool and unique idea when it first came about, right? Um, the other part is mostly because I, I don't care that you know what I look like. And I don't think the visual, even though I'm talking about something that I think is very aesthetically pleasing, I don't think the visual is as important. So, I mean, maybe I'll do some, I'll look at some creative way, maybe like a hand model type thing where... I'm showing records as I'm talking or something, but I highly doubt, and I mean that highly, highly doubt that I'll ever be, uh, be one of those like Joe Rogan, right? Like visual audio type things, but who knows, who knows, right? But you guys didn't come here to hear any of that. You guys came here to hear about my records. And so, uh, season three is going to be packed, jam-packed with some really good, cool updates. Uh, this episode 
is kind of going to focus on one of the things I talked about briefly in season two uh, when I talked about audio files. I went down a bit of a wormhole during my little break and made quite an extensive purchase. And so I'll talk about that today, of course, and that will be the main focus of this episode. Uh, but of course, I do want to get into some of the more, dare I say, traditional parts of the show. So the record or the vinyl of the week for this week will be John Coltrane, My Favorite Things. Now, this needs no introduction to anyone who's into jazz music and to even like the beginner stages of this is one that this is one of those albums that was on my to get list like almost right from the jump and and i've told you guys that i, I wasn't really fond of john coltrane or uh or the sax like that i was more of a miles davis kind of showmanship trumpet um i didn't really understand the sax as an axe <laughs> that's right that rhymes um but uh, i had a mentor who showed me kind of uh, who guided me into getting into john coltrane and, and the saxophone but before that mentor my favorite things always read like a lyric like a lyrical piece like a vocal piece and so it was on my to grab list very early on uh, i had it a few times i sold it a few times and i got it back recently and it is just an amazing piece of music if you haven't heard it as i always say do yourself a favor and go check it out um it again sounds like vocals but it's just john playing away on the sax um the whole album is amazing uh but the the entry track my favorite things kind of steals the show obviously i mean the title track right um it steals the show and literally like you don't even you don't even notice time moving when this record is on it it stills your attention um it captures your imagination all of the beautiful fluttery words you can think of i think when people think about jazz i think they should think about this record in particular actually uh my favorite things so it's one of those records so go check it out that's direct that's the vinyl recommendation of the week now the getting technical fact of the week kind of ties into everything that I'm going to be talking about today. So, so I went down this wormhole during the break and it, it kind of started actually right around the last episode with Charvis and, and, um, and, and doing some editing. And of course, like looking into, uh, if you hear that, that's just my fridge. Um, but, <laughs> so no worries, uh, but it is kind of buzzing in the mic a little bit. Um, but yeah, my last episode with Charvis, uh, I, I started to kind of get down this wormhole of, of looking at gear and equipment. And it's a dangerous thing because you're already in an expensive niche area, right? When you're, when you're digging for records and, and I've always promised myself that I've, I'm always going to remain true to the music. And I talked about this in that episode where I talked about audio files and how they're kind of, um, I don't want to say like they, they 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 don't make it good or they don't make it nice for new or beginning record collectors and crate diggers and music lovers um, who want to listen to music in physical format. Audiophiles kind of make it not fun 
because it, it it's almost always work with these people. Uh, and I, I read this really interesting quote that um, that audiophiles, uh, music lovers listen to their music on their turntable, while audiophiles listen to their their turntables with their music or something to that degree. Uh, and, and that's very true. So I've always stayed clear of audiophileism, right? Like. I could be if I wanted to. I'm, I've, I always say this. I say this in every episode. I'm like half of an audiophile. So like I, I hear the nuances in music and, and in the styles of, or the types or formats of music. I hear all that. I hear all of it. But I really, truly believe that even on a Crosley Cruiser, even on one of those all in ones, you know, you are going to feel the music if you want to feel the music and and. So I say all this to kind of say that I did something rather stupid this past uh, month, I guess. And that was I upgraded my music system. Now, I did that because, you know, I felt like it was a treat to myself for moving, um, a treat to myself for, you know, um, for getting a, uh, what what I would consider an upgrade in an apartment, um, we, we I, I kind of splurged on that and thought it would be a nice gift for for my family for for me and my girlfriend, and uh, so I, I made that purchase. I, I went out and I did it. So I upgraded my turntable to the Audio Technica LP one twenty, and I have some I have some thoughts about it. And but first, I want to just talk about some of the people I, I went down the wormhole um watching on youtube um some of these people had really amazing insights and kind of confirmed my suspicions and it it's always good when you get those those confirmations um i was i was listening to one guy uh please forgive me i can't remember everyone's name uh vinyl eyes is the only guy i can think of right now and he does not recommend at all he hates crosley's and he he, I, I think he's on that extreme end, right, of like people who just it, it's really about the turntable, the setup, and that's what kind of gets the music going for them. And that's fine. That's totally fine. Again, I'm not I'm not at war with audiophiles. I think they're really neat. They're necessary uh, because of audiophiles. We get some amazing pressings and and reissues and uh, records um, that are created and uh from music creators right from artists and from just like super fans and people who who are just naturally audiophiles uh, but there are a lot of gimmicks in the audiophile area too and i'll be completely honest about that and going down this wormhole made me realize that 100 it is about the music it should always be about the music and it's very little about your equipment today i'm going to provide i guess my review of the lp 120 and and what it does, how it's different from the LP60, how it's different from any other turntable I've ever had, um, and how it's better or worse, you know, indifferent, like not different at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think that going across the internets and seeing different people's reviews of of this turntable made me purchase it. It seemed like a good middle ground. It's a it's like a mid entry level type of turntable setup, and I think that's honestly where I am in collecting. I I, I have around 500 records LPs. Uh, I don't have a lot of EPs. I don't have a lot of 45s, even though I'm starting to get into them a little bit more. But like really on some like 
I know that the EP I'm getting is fire, right? It's not like I'm digging around for EPs. But I think this turntable is where I'm going to stay. Now, I know I said that about the LP60, right? And the LP60, I still have it. And what I was thinking about was, oh, maybe I give it away. Maybe I make it like a, 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 a like a, I don't want to say a gimmick for the show, but like a, maybe I make it like a prize to give away for like listeners or something. If someone gives me a good question or something, I don't know. But uh, I ultimately decided to stay with the LP60. I ultimately decided to keep it. So I'm going to keep it right. Sitting here right next to the LP120. I'm looking right at it and honestly like i haven't been able to stop playing records since i set my lp120 up i have not um one thing to note about some of the people who i've watched and and listened to and kind of like taken note from over the past three weeks um i'm gonna pull them up actually i'm not even gonna like sit here and guess and be like oh yeah you know, Vinylize, because Vinylize was one of the main guys, but he wasn't the only guy. Vinylize provides a lot of good insight. Uh, I think he is very honest and open, transparent about where he is in, uh, in, his, in his digging and his search for music. And so I think that's important. Um, but there are others, too. And I'm going to go to my history. Uh, yeah, V V Westlife was actually one of my favorites. He confirmed a lot of my suspicions about the Crosley. Uh, Noble Records. This guy's really, really cool. He actually has a podcast of his own. Noble Records is one of those guys. Um, and who else? Uh, uh, Channel 33 RPM, which has one of the catchiest, corniest, awful, most awful... <laughs> uh intro and theme songs but it's like i said it's catchy like it's like a like a kiss it sounds like kiss a little bit i hate that it's stuck in my head now um who else have i been listening to give me a second v westlife and audio and vinyl eyes were like the the main two i would bounce back and forth with um recordology was another one um again noble records uh Yeah, Tanner Miller provided some really interesting insights um, about tonal imbalancing and stuff like that, which I'll talk about, you know, in, in, in the fact as I get into it. But yeah, and so I want to kind of start over again, right? Because I, I, I went all over the place like I typically do. It started with the break. The break happened. I started moving. But of course, as I was moving, as I'm packing, I'm going through YouTube and searching, you know, different types of uh, different types of equipment. You know, I go from like looking at uh, records and I'm like, right nah, I got enough records. Uh, maybe it's time for me to upgrade, upgrade the equipment, maybe. So I go go to check out some equipment upgrades, looking at turntables. I want to look at some. I want to find something simple to put together, but a little bit more advanced than when I have the LP60. Um, and the LP60, again, is a wonderful turntable. Um, some of the, uh, some of the V West life, uh, some of the guys who I listen to here on this subject, uh, like I said, they confirm my suspicion that like you can stick with these turntables and they are lasting turntables and they are good entry level turntables to keep if you want to. Um, so if you're beginning your journey into music, even things like the Crosley Cruiser and the all in ones, those things are really good intros. Now the the thing is that it's supposed to only be an intro 
So eventually you're going to want to find your sound. You're going to want to find uh, the right tone, the right temperature to listen to your music. Um, and that may not be the right word, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you're going to want to find that stuff to, you're going to find the, want to find the right stuff to listen to your music, to kind of make your music pop in whatever way you want to make your music pop. Some people like a lot of bass. Some people just like clarity. Some people like a like, like the volume being all the way up. Some people like to find that perfect little, that nod, that perfect little nod to play all their music at you can ask the girlfriend she hates this fact about me but i play all my music around uh my my um my receiver does all my volume control and i play all my music around 20 i, I say i would say 15 to like 30 um as far as like volume like i don't go past 30 most days even if i want like even if i want it to be loud like because 30 is loud to me uh, i have sensitive ears right um so 30 is loud 15 is starting to get a little quiet but even on a good day like the past few days i've been at work here from my dining room and what i've been doing is just playing records when i don't have meetings like literally just playing records all day at, at like 15 so it's like good background music it's like very it's low enough that it doesn't like you know distract me or i'm not like actively listening to it right but it's also high enough that i can enjoy you know the sound of the instruments and and the playfulness of the music, whatever I'm listening to. So yeah, I mean, I didn't want, I didn't want to spend a lot of money. That was the main thing. I did not want to spend $500, $600, $700 on a new turntable. I thought that was disgusting, but I did. I did. I was willing to do a really substantial upgrade. And I think this is the important piece to that I want to kind of talk around today is that you have to know if you're in if you're entering this hobby you have to know what the right spot is like you have to no one else has to no one else has to for me the lp60 i had that turntable for six years i, I, I bought that turntable in like 2014 2015 something like that and so i had that turntable for a while it didn't mess up on me never crapped out there was one issue that i had very early on but i found out it was like the wiring the way i wired the speakers so like if you're not an electrician you know you you maybe could you know watch a, just watch a lot of youtube videos on how to set up the the speakers to the receiver uh, so you don't one so you don't kill yourself uh but two so you, you make sure your sound is right um but yeah I, I think the the purchase really came from just that that I had asked my dad before, uh, this is a while back, I had asked my dad about direct drive turntables and what he thought, and he kind of gave me some really good insights. He's a DJ, and so, like, you know, he gave me some insight into, like, oh, like, you know, direct drive, you shouldn't really want that if unless you're a DJ, right? Like, you know, it, he was telling me things like that. Like, it, it's a good turntable, it, it, the needles and stuff are adjustable, all that good stuff, but, you know, if you want, you can you can change out the needle if the needle's not working well enough for your lp60 and i'm like yeah you know like i've done that before i've changed the needle on my lp60 i've had to change the belt on my lp60 i've changed anything that's customizable on the lp60 i think i've changed um but the customized the customizable piece of the lp120 it's probably my favorite part of the turntable thus far. I just really think that this was the move for me. I really think that it, at this point in my collecting, uh, I needed something that made 
that had all these adjustable pieces that I could kind of play with and tamper with. And if I didn't want to, I didn't have to. So things like, you know, like the counterweight, like I don't really care about a counterweight. I should, according to a lot of the people who I've been watching, but I don't, you know, I don't care about anti-skating or any of that stuff. Like as long as it's set to a, a reasonable degree, like I'm not, I'm not super pressed about that stuff. But things like the needle, like I just talked about, the stylus, I'm super, uh, I like to customize that stuff. And right after buying the turntable, I went and bought a new a stylus uh, uh, that wasn't stock for the LP120 um, because I want to try and hear the difference. I want to explore this, uh, this entry-level audiophile type of experience, right? Um, because that's what that's what this is right like if you're not an audiophile if you're a music lover in general and you just love the the physical format of music like i do lp60 crosley all in ones those things are just fine they're just fine you want to keep your record collecting low very casual you know a few lps a few eps you know nothing crazy just you know something to to show off when friends come over or something to play when you're you know when you're working from home you know whatever if that's your if that's your mode that's your mode don't let anybody don't let any video talk you out of it because that makes it not fun to you if you don't like like part of me now because of my work with the lp60 and having to put together you know the receiver and the speakers and all that stuff that made me interested in kind of becoming an expert in putting that stuff together or becoming uh good at putting that stuff together rather and so now putting like to, like with the lp120 putting that together was really cool for me I, I really enjoyed that i spent like a whole day putting it all together uh calibrating everything um let, making sure everything was level and you know looking for all my tools as we you know we're unpacking i'm trying to set up this turntable and so that was really cool to me and i wanted that experience again because i kind of missed that i kind of you know I, I, that that was not taken away from me but it was you know it was something that i hadn't done in now five years the most i had to ever do for the lp60 was again change the stylist uh i had to do that once and that was just as simple as popping it off and popping a new one on um and then changing the belt which is you know, taking the platter off and then of course with the wiring right like i had to change the wiring a few times because the wires would short every now and again um, and when i mean every now and again i mean it happened like literally like three times over the over the course of six years so i mean take make of that what you will but i think that's really um insignificant right <laughs> so so i really didn't need a new turntable but at this point i wanted one and so that's what i'm saying is that like if you get to that point in your music journey where you want the new thing where you want to kind of treat yourself or or to experiment with you know your your uh your knowledge or your um your understanding of the equipment then do it jump make that jump from the cruiser to the lp60 make your jump from the you know from the all-in-one to the lp120 if you want but you also don't have to so that's just what it is so just before I head out here, I guess I want to talk about some of the uh, perks, I guess, or pros and cons of this turntable. I sound like some of the some of the videos I've been watching, and that, that's really weird. I don't want to I don't want to steal anyone's style, nor do I want to come with you guys with like some weird sell, right? Like like I, the main purpose of this podcast is to be, you know, is to talk about black music. It's not really 
to be talking about equipment all the time. And so I, I, I'm sorry if you were expecting me to, you know, hop on and talk about, you know, rest in peace DMX, or if you were expecting me to talk about any of the, the current events or anything like that. But, um, but maybe next show, right? This show, I want to talk about the LP, the LP120 versus the LP60. First and foremost, the thing that I noted about the difference between the two LPs, both are great tables. The sound quality is slightly better on the LP120. Slightly. I mean, I'm talking about like a real slight. There may be like a bit of a boom from the needle that I'm thinking, thinking it's from the stylist or maybe from the tone arm or maybe from calibrating like the right uh, the right tracking force, like all these terms I know now because of all the videos I've watched, but um, but maybe from studying the the tracking force and all that stuff, maybe it does have a certain pop that I didn't hear before with the LP60. I do miss my LP60 for one very simple reason: it was automatic. The LP120 isn't automatic. Now you may be asking, well, what does that really mean? Um, it doesn't mean much. What it means is when the record stops on each side the LP120 is going to keep spinning <laughs> and the LP60, you know, you press a button and you go sit down and you don't have to worry about getting back up unless you want to change the record over. Now, again, if you're inebriated or if you're you know, feeling good and you're enjoying the music and you just, you know, maybe you're with your partner, maybe you're, you know, with your friend, I don't, maybe you got caught up, maybe you, you know, whatever. You don't have to worry about going back to the turntable unless you want to flip the record over right like the lp1 the lp60 does everything but flip the record over for you and that's the perk of an automatic turntable and the girlfriend asked me she was like well do they make automatic uh direct drives and i'm like uh, i think so but i don't know and uh, and if they do i know they probably cost a fortune um and that's not something i'm willing to uh to part with at this point but the lp120 is a bang for its buck even though that one thing for me is is huge um it's just so much convenient it's so much more convenient to have like the lp60 that you can push a button and it and, and when it gets to the end of the record it's going to stop the tone arm is going to come back to the center or come back to the to the end and drop and you're not going to have to worry about you know spinning a, a record spinning for you know two hours i've literally like i said i've been listening to records non-stop like that's the only thing we've we've been doing as a household it's the only thing we've been doing since we actually got settled and we got settled uh probably um saturday sunday yeah sunday it was sunday we got settled around sunday sunday night and uh sunday night was when i started putting everything together for the the lp 120 and since I got it set up, which was like late Sunday night, I've been listening to records ever since. Like anytime I'm awake in this apartment, I'm listening. We're listening to records. And I feel like I've gone through like a good portion of like all of my great records. I even did like a few sound tests to kind of make sure. Um, and, and what I mean by sound tests is like records that I know. And this comes to my next point for the for the difference between the LP 120 and the LP 60. Some of the records that I play on my LP60, I didn't realize this, but they skipped. They skipped and they popped and they did weird things at parts where I was like, why is this record doing this? I just bought this. This is a reissue or this is a, a new record. It, the guy said he, it's never been played or this record is, is pretty legit or, it's, or it seems brand new or it seems well in a well condition. 
I never understood that. I never understood why why some of my records would skip on the LP 60. And it kind of made me upset with the LP one or the LP 60. It kind of made me a little bit disheartened, right? But it wasn't anything that I had to really like think about because the skips were very minor. It wasn't on every record. It was really on just records that were a little bit more dirtier. Uh, if dirty is a word, um, records that maybe had a little bit more surface wear than others. So it was something that was very few and far in between. It happened on a few new records, which I was very upset about. Um, and, and it made me realize that, Hey, like, let me, let me see if this, this machine here is really different from the last machine that I got. And something that I did note is that the LP 120, because of the, the setup, the customizable pieces and the actual the manual nature of this turntable, you having to make sure everything in lines and sets up right. When you get to that perfect point where everything's set up perfectly, this turntable will play your records without any surface, without any extra noise. You're not going to hear anything but the record. Maybe a little bit of hiss in the beginning, of course, when you drop the needle. This, this is, it's, it's a real upgrade. And so I played well some of my old dusties that you know i know are like in bad shape some i pulled out like some you know i put out uh what did i pull out I pull out some old curtis mayfield stuff um uh, i think heat wave i pulled out heat wave that i played like i've played it into the ground and this was back when you know i first started collecting um i played uh the soundtrack to superfly which i played into the ground uh i played a few i, I even played a really bad pressing that I got, or it was just a bad copy, I think, of a uh, kind of blue from Miles Davis. I played these records to kind of test this resolve because I heard about uh, the how the 120 can kind of just go through all of these like uh, these records and just play like it's brand new. And I have to say, I'm very impressed, very very impressed with the the level of steadiness and uh, just accuracy that the 120 plays records that i mean i'm talking about records that i had to sometimes like get up and change the song on the lp60 i i didn't even notice that <laughs> you know i didn't even notice that there was any problems on the lp120 or lp120 yeah so that's impressive so that's a that's a huge perk a huge point of of emphasis uh, for those who may be uh, feeling kind of down and out about maybe a record skipping. Um, and I learned a lot about why records skip uh, from from my research. I didn't even know um, that it's not just a, a record groove being bent or, or bad or, or dirty or whatever. Uh, it can also be because of the bass in the actual groove itself. Uh, so that was something that uh, I found interesting. So yeah, the 120 is definitely a better turntable for handling records um and, and with another perk i'm gonna just list the i think one of the last cons and that is i feel like the 120 not isn't fragile because it's built like a tank it really is like it weighs like 20 pounds um it feels like uh, like an old-fashioned type of turntable it, it it feels like it ain't going nowhere you know what i mean like yeah you're not gonna have to worry about you know like it falling somewhere or i feel like once you place it wherever you meant to place it it's gonna stay there like the feet are like rubber like stick rubber type feet 
Um, it, it's amazing. It's an amazing turntable. But one of the things that I think is a drawback for this turntable is just how manual everything is. And with that, everything being manual, I think if you aren't sure of hand, if you aren't sure of sight, um, if you aren't sure of like all these things, you can do a lot of damage to your needle with this turntable. I actually setting it up, adjusting a tone arm. I actually thought I'd maybe cracked the, the stylist uh, before I even got started because what had happened as I was adjusting a tone arm, uh, and, and, and people who have adjusted tone arms know exactly what I'm about to say. Uh, I was, I was balancing the counterweight and as I was balancing the counterweight and adjusting it, it actually, the, as you know, the, I, I didn't hold the other end of the, 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 the tone arm to kind of keep it from falling onto the, 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 the place, the, the placemat, I guess is not the placemat, but the actual, uh, the place where the slip mat goes what is that called <laughs> the centerpiece right I, I didn't keep it from from doing that so what had happened was right when i adjusted the the counterweight it fell like like really hard right onto the right onto the platter and i was like mortified for like maybe 30 seconds out I, I was like so scared I, I i wanted to give up i was like man this shit already then broke but i didn't I didn't. And lo and behold, of course, you know, nothing was wrong with the, the, the stylist. Um, but I've seen some really bad videos. And so it, it, it scared me a little bit, but it all was well. Right. Um, but again, that, that makes me think about how, just how fragile uh, or how sure of hand, sure of sight you have to be with, with this turntable because it is all manual. So what I mean by that is you just, you aren't going to, ever be in a place where you hit a button and just walk away this is for actual music fans who want to pay attention to their music uh, so you have to i think be at that level to upgrade to the 120 if you don't want to ever be at that level like you know i felt like that just last year and and not even just last year just like you know maybe six months ago i felt like you know i, I wouldn't want to be bothered with you know having to make sure once the record ends, I got to get up and I got to stop the actual turntable or the, or the record's just going to sit there and spin at the end until, you know, until time ends, essentially. Um, so I, I didn't want to be bothered with that either. But now, you know, that's a new responsibility that, that I have. And just like, you know, that upgrade from the, the all in one that I had to the to the LP60, it's just a new set of a new set of responsibilities. So with the LP60, I had to be responsible for changing the belt, making sure the belt was good, making sure the speakers were were good and in good condition. And now I have to, you know, just add on to all of that with, you know, making sure that um that I'm paying attention to to all of the wear and tear uh, that can possibly happen with uh, with every bit of the turntable now, not just with you know, um, not just with the, the the belt or speakers. Honestly, that's really the only thing I've noticed at this point. We're here now at like four or five days, and I've like I said, played records nonstop since I brought it home, and um, man, I am. I'm very impressed if you want a sound upgrade and I, I'm think I'm, I'm being for real here, guys, like a sound, a real sound upgrade, making that jump to the 120 is, is necessary. I, I, I think, um, there, there are records that you can just, it's just everything on it just makes sense. Everything on it pops. 
Um, and then there are records where it sounds, you're going to be like, hey, this sounds kind of like the one LP160 or LP60, where, you know, it's like, hey, it sounds good. It sounds clear. It sounds, you know, decent. Um, it's not audiophile level, right? Because apparently audiophile level is all these weird nuances that, uh, and, and the best way I've heard it explained is audiophile level of listening to records is essentially where you are you aren't listening to what you hear you're listening to what you're not hearing and that makes sense right like because audio, these audiophiles are supposed to be like noise experts essentially and so like if there's like a hiss a small hiss that is on a record and they catch it and most people won't catch stuff like that most people wouldn't catch a, a small hiss or a small buzz or a small whatever audiophiles apparently do so so yeah, um, if you have any questions about, you know, anything that I may have missed or grazed over, again, shout outs to everybody who I've watched. Uh, people like, again, Channel 33 RPM really provided a lot, of, a lot of insight. I actually first stumbled upon his video when I, <laughs> when I was Googling how to or, or what's the best way to pack like a lot of records. And he, he put me onto the U-Haul boxes. So shout out to you for putting me onto the U-Haul boxes, the small ones that are uh, just above uh, 12 inches high. Um, those are the best to move vinyl records, by the way. Um, he, he also hit me to a lot of the philosophical stuff that like, again, I already believed, but it kind of confirmed some of that stuff, you know, like he called them bullies when talking about the audiophiles who, for people who are entering this hobby, this can seem they can they can be just overwhelmed with the amount of stuff in this hobby. This is a very lush hobby, a very, very lush hobby. It's a lot of money you're going to put into it. There's a lot of stuff you can <laughs> you can fuck up, uh, including like the type of records you buy. Uh, so it's it's a very important it's very important for you to get started slowly like I did, like apparently he did, uh, you know, I got started on an all in one that was gifted to me. Um, and what I did was I bought a few records and I played the hell out of those records. They sounded good to me then. Um, I'm sure if I played them on that same system now, they, I would notice a difference, but it wouldn't be something that I would complain about because again, it's about the music. The music matters more than the sound of the music. And I know that, that may not make sense, uh, but to the, my audio file, fans out there who if i have any uh you're welcome to you know reach out and i'll have you on the show for friendly debate right but um it's it's not important that you know it sounds perfect to everybody it's important that it sounds perfect to you uh, the guy from channel 33 rpm said it best he's we all start somewhere and that's just the truth we all start somewhere and so having the all-in-ones is good I had I had my all-in-one for about two or three years until I upgraded um, to the LP60, and uh, I didn't I didn't regret it. I actually kept it as a memento. It stopped working actually right around the time that I was looking for an upgrade. Uh, it stopped working, so I put it in the closet. I actually just got rid of it like permanently um, the last time I moved. Not this not this time, but the last time <laughs> that we moved. Um, I got rid of it permanent permanently and you know, I gave it a good send-off too. I didn't even like throw it away I kind of like put it in a uh, like a junk pile for somebody to, that knows what they're doing to maybe take it and fix it up and, and make it play again um, but it's important that Because this 
this this hobby of ours is so it's it's so varied right there's so many areas of expertise and people who are in this for one way or, or one one reason or another is it's important for us to be um not confident but it's important for us to be connected it's important for us to be a community of people who actually share these experiences in a positive way and not just like you know going off and making fun of people because you know they started with a crosley or they started with the you know an all-in-one you know like that's that's not that's not for us to judge like you know budget reasons or not even budget reasons some people just start off like that because they don't even know if they really want to get into it but you know what's not going to make them get into it or want to get into it is people saying oh the turntable you got that sucks that's not a real turntable now why would you say that to a person right <laughs> so you know it's very important that i think we 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 watch ourselves with that uh, in the vinyl world like and and this is coming from a person who I'm, I'm seasoned enough to to know how to set it up and know the ins and outs but i'm also new enough to know that like if i had had access or if i wanted to look up information um on the internet when i first started i would have ran the hell away from this community i wouldn't have been a part of it i would have been like i'm gonna stick to cds <laughs> fuck this like it's crazy like i gotta get the right turntable i gotta spend 200 dollars, or else my system ain't legit according to this person like it's just silly silly stuff my next episode guys will be focusing on a very serious topic in the vinyl community speaking of vinyl speaking of our community right the first two episodes of the Record Spinner podcast will focus very heavily on flippers. I hate I hate flippers, man. I hate flippers. These people are going to ruin our hobby. There are records out there that people are paying top dollar for that aren't top dollar rated records but yeah i i really think that flippers are going to be the end of our hobby they typically do signal the end of hobbies i'm thinking about like flippers for shoes right um the sneaker game is a it's a serious game and it's a it's a game that started as a hobby there were people who bought shoes and they just like to collect different types of shoes uh, and these people were essentially taken advantage of after it got a certain after it gotten after it had gotten a certain level of notoriety um, by you know people who were outside of the community. And what had happened was now you got apps like you know like uh, like StockX and other apps you know that are literally milking people who are into shoes and into you know accessories and stuff like that, collecting wise. So now instead of, you know, find a pair of, uh, and I'm just saying a pair of shoes. I don't really know anything about shoes, really. I got my first pair of Jordans when I was like 25. So, so yeah, um, people who are into Jordans, like, you know, they're going to pay, you know, you know uh, an exorbitant rate of, you know, whatever, um, as they, as if, you know, that was the actual price of the shoe, as opposed to, you know, back in the day when it first was a, a big hobby, as long as you got the drop on the shoe you know you were able to pay you know a very fair rate for your shoe whether that be a hundred dollars or 150 dollars you weren't paying 700 dollars for a shoe at that point 
because you know some kid who you know who knows programming and coding was able to you know bot his way into buying all of the the stock of this particular shoe that you wanted to buy the same thing is happening right now with records there are people who are poaching records who are taking reissues who are snatching up uh, represses and who are taking all of the ogs and putting them in the corner and saying because this is a, a miles davis og pressing i'm going to charge this record. i'm going to charge ten thousand dollars for this record and that records even though it's worth a lot of money it's not worth ten thousand dollars i'm going to talk more about that in another episode i'm going to save that of course uh because i want to call out some of these flippers because i've encountered quite a few as well um in my digging days where i've just been like hey like this record is worth it but it's not it's not this expensive and so i want to talk about that i'm going to talk about you know how you can you know you can go about not supporting these people to kind of maybe weed them out and bleed them out of the game because that's the only way we save our hobby of collecting physical music that's been my time thank you guys for joining me on our first episode of and i think i forgot the intro but it's the first episode of the record spinner podcast i'm your host noel reach out to me at the record spinner podcast at gmail.com you can also uh find me on ig and twitter um at rebirth of the cool um something weird happened with my uh inaugural and my first official the record spinner podcast page and i think it has something to do with um the the guy from youtube the record spinner um i would love to talk to you man because uh i can share with you why that name is so important and how that name came about i didn't find one of your videos and say hey this is the perfect name and take your name and put podcast on the end that is not how this happened anyway so for the meantime you can reach out to me at the rebirth of the cool that's on ig and that's on twitter um, you can also go to the website that's the recordspinner.com check out the forum that we are building we are still building that um, and I think that is it that's it um, thank you Audio Technica for the amazing amazing equipment you guys rock take care guys I'll see you guys next week peace